Good evening, folks, and welcome to tonight's episode of Black Project Gaming. Get read in at blackprojectgaming.com. I'm Vince, returning as your host and handler for this evening's session. Tonight, we continue our playthrough of Reverberations, a scenario written for the Delta Green role-playing game by Shane Ivey. For more information on Delta Green, please visit delta-green.com. Joining me are Brett as FBI Special Agent Gus Coldwell, Cammie as Dr. Josephine McCarthy, Doug as Victor Mikhailov, Jack as Dr. Emily Mraz, and Sonia as Deputy U.S. Marshal Sarah Shockervorty. In our last episode, Working Group Jackdaw found no sign of Damian Lucas, a recreational reverb user with ties to Evan Wang. They searched his demolished apartment, but found no evidence to indicate how Damian vanished, or what might be responsible. The group did, however, find some pills of what they believed to be reverb in Damien's car. The next day, Agent Coldwell obtained an old DEA analysis of reverb from Jackdaw's case officer. The report, coupled with Dr. McCarthy's own study of the pills found in Damien's car, revealed some disturbing information. Reverb appeared to be composed primarily of sugar with a small amount of MDMA and a trace amount of something else, an alkaloid, probably derived from a plant with hallucinogenic effects. Despite their best efforts, neither Dr. McCarthy nor Dr. Mraz were able to identify what that ingredient was or where it originated from. Later that day, Agent Coldwell had the opportunity to interview Rufus Brown, a recently arrested reverb dealer. Thanks to Agent Coldwell's expert interrogation skills, Rufus gave up the source of reverb in Los Angeles, a man known only as Spider. To identify Spider, Victor hacked into the LAPD's criminal records database. He confirmed Spider was one Jacob Silas Simmons, a former U.S. Army soldier and academy contractor with ties to a local drug trafficking network. Victor once again reached out to Tatiana, a drug contact of his in San Diego, who heard rumors that Spider was holed up at the Excelsior Hotel in Los Angeles. After briefly surveilling the hotel, Working Group Jackdaw located Spider's apartment and made entry, where they found the drug trafficker overdosing on a substance he called Lao. Spider confirmed Lao was the unidentified ingredient in Reverb, and he had taken all that remained of his supply. With the agents looking on in horror, Spider experienced a series of progressively more disturbing visions, until a creature that seemed to be composed of innumerable shards of space-time emerged from the corner of his eye. This hound-like entity tore into Spider and dragged his body to the corner of the room, where both vanished without leaving any sign of their presence. With Agent Coldwell and Dr. Mraz left temporarily insane by Spider's death, Working Group Jackdaw struggled to make sense of what they just witnessed and what to do next. And that is where we will begin tonight's session. So we'll say it's the it's the next morning. Uh, you all awaken after uh, understandably fitful nights of sleep. Um, you know, Gus, even with you know, seeing what you saw and experiencing what you experienced, you managed to sleep, whether it's just pure exhaustion or the result of your mind having your mind having broken a, a bit. Um, you said, uh, I, I will remind you, Vince, that we rolled for my disorder and came up with insomnia. We did. However, you did succeed on your sanity check to get to sleep that night. All right, cool. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's why you were able to sleep. So we really didn't talk about meeting up in the morning. Um, I would say Emily's kind of an early riser. And just given with all the circumstances from the previous night, she would probably already be up. Okay. What about Gus? What's Gus doing? Uh, he he's also a pretty early riser. I think just from um, just from like the nature of his job. Uh, so he'd probably get up pretty early in the morning, um, do a quick workout, uh, and then head down to the uh, 
I guess the lobby or wherever they, if they have like a, in a hotel restaurant and grab a coffee and wait for everybody else to get up. I will up. be having a coffee already. Uh, he sees her and immediately turns around uh, and heads to like a cafe to grab a coffee somewhere. Can I see if I see him? Sure. Uh, yeah. Roll and so for well, Gus, are you even trying to be stealthy with it, or are you just gonna? Oh fuck yeah, he is. As soon as he sees her, he's like, "Ooh!" and tries to kind of just like do the Homer Simpson like. <laughs> okay, uh, so you'll roll. You would roll stealth, and uh, Emily, you would roll uh, alertness. So who rolled lower? Uh, in this uh, case, Emily. Emily. So yeah. So she, in this case, she would. Uh, I believe she would have succeeded. Yeah, I mean, I seeing him kind of sort of stumble down uh, down into the the cafe area or the restaurant area uh just kind of like take a look up kind of meet his eyes seeing him like sort of stumble trying to get out but i won't say anything to him he doesn't stumble. Yep. Uh, not, <laughs> not with that stealth roll yeah i think that was just uh, him making an audible noise when he saw you something okay. along the lines of like Ugh. did you sleep well uh he turns around and leaves she smiles, and and as you walk out the door, you see uh, you see Victor is like standing on the the front outside the front door, and he's like he's still in his pajamas, but he's got a cigarette there, and he's like sucking it down. As he sees you go by, he goes, "Ah, I, I set off fire alarm. They they caught my room." I'm I'm sorry. What? I set off smoke detector. They made me come down here to smoke cigarette. Yeah, Victor, you're not allowed to smoke in a hotel room. Hey, do you want to uh, come with me and grab a coffee? Victor, like, looks down at his pajamas and slippers. Is, yeah, why not? Yeah, gives a shit. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so you guys head off to uh, find some coffee. Dr. Mraz, uh, Sarah eventually comes down. Um, looks like she's been working out. Uh, probably went for a run and did her typical gym routine. Um, she orders... A bigger breakfast and you'd expect somebody of her size to um, be able to consume without getting sick and she immediately starts diving into it. I just kind of give her like the sort of pursed lips with the like look down at her plate but I don't really say anything. Just kind of like the silent judgment. Oh yeah. And she eats prison style too. Like she's got both elbows up on the table and like almost like she's, <laughs> she's protecting the food and she's a shoveling it. Shoveling it into her mouth. The food's dead. It's not going to run away. She nods. <laughs> probably says something, mumbles something, and just keeps eating. So, uh, and Joe at some point also comes down as well and orders a cup of coffee. We'll pick up with Gus and Victor heading off to get coffee elsewhere, not in the hotel. Uh, what are you gentlemen doing? Uh, <clears throat> hey, man, I, I had a real quick uh, thing I wanted to bring up with you, and I feel like now is probably as good of a time as any. Uh, can I ask you for a favor? Uh, sure. No, no, why not? Uh, I figure we're probably going to be working together again in the future. Um, it seems like they've kind of paired us all together for whatever reason. So I was wondering if next time we go out on a mission uh, or we go somewhere, um, I could get you to set up some of your little devices in uh, whatever room that I'm staying in. Makes sense. Never know. Somebody could be watching. Exactly. Uh, yes. 
I told you guys before, uh, I think I, I brought it up, that I'm pretty sure, uh, positive even, uh, that Emily broke into my room, rifled through my stuff, so if it happens again, I'd like to have some video evidence of it. Yeah, okay. I, I can do this, no problem. Thank you, and I'd appreciate it if you uh, kept this just between the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody talks to me anyway. I talk to you. We're talking right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying, you know, what am I going to do? Tell people, hey, I'm doing this big... Nah, don't worry. It's okay. Thank you, man. I, I do. I really appreciate it. No problem. So, you think, uh, you think we're going to, going to be going out on a lot of these missions? Honestly, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, that was, that was some, uh, some pretty, uh, pretty crazy shit we saw yesterday, and, uh, I didn't even see half of it. Uh, Gus was driving with one hand, uh, but you see that he kind of shakily uh, reaches up his other hand and grips the steering wheel with both. Um, maybe to kind of just stop his hand from shaking a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot. That was a that was a well, fuck, I don't know what that was. I mean, from your descriptions of it, it sounds almost like uh, some kind of. It does not make sense, but the extra-dimensional creature. Well, it didn't look... I don't know. It didn't look like anything I'd ever seen before. Anything that I ever expected to see. It definitely didn't look like it was from around here, but whether or not it was from another dimension or outer space, I don't know, man. That came out of his fucking eye. No, 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 I, sorry, I am speaking in mathematical terms. No, I mean extra-dimensional, like more dimension than, than three, more than three dimension. I'm sorry, Victor, um, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, no, that's okay, but anyway. I'm not, big, I'm not a big science fiction guy, if we're being honest with each other, and I was never very good at math. I don't really know how math can make a mirror monster crawl out of somebody's eye, but... You're a smarter dude than I am, so, huh? You know, the uh, the thing about science fiction is uh, many times there is a shadow of truth. You just have to know where to look for it. Okay, well, I'll take your word for it. And if you ever figure it out, I guess just point me in the direction. Don't worry, I keep looking for all of us. I appreciate that, thank you. Hey, I wonder if that, um, uh, that place, that Yangon Tea House is still open. Like, open this early in the morning? I don't know. I mean, pork banzal and drain and, uh, and eggs? That doesn't sound too bad right now, huh? Yeah, I guess not. Do you want to, do you want to go there? Is there a reason that you want to go there? I just, uh, I just been thinking, thinking about these, uh, Chocho people, you know. Thinking about them how, Victor? They come from an interesting part of the world. Uh, when, uh, when Krantz, when he spoke about them, he mentioned he was there. Vietnam, Cambodia, those places. They bring something here with them. Something maybe dangerous, but also maybe something something useful that we can learn from is all. 
Victor, that's a bad idea. Nah, maybe. But hey, pork bonzel doesn't taste too bad, does it? I don't know if I've kept the taste for it. Listen, Victor, I asked you for a favor, so if you want me to take you there, I will. But, uh, I don't like the sound of this very much. That's okay. It's, uh, it's no big deal. You sure? Yeah, we can go to Starbucks. Okay. Yeah, let's get some average coffee and then get on back to everybody else. All right. All right. And while you guys are doing that, um, Sarah and Emily and Joe, uh, back at the hotel, down in the restaurant, uh, what are you ladies discussing? Uh, well, uh, as soon as Joe starts to come down, uh, Emily will kind of not like acknowledge her with like a nod, but just sort of turn and, and watch as she enters. Morning. Morning. How did you sleep? I've had better nights. How about you? Surprisingly well. And I take a sip of my coffee. Funny seeing something like that. Uh, you'd think that it would, uh, it would prevent sleep from happening, and yet, uh, as soon as I got up, my, up to my room, I, uh, the body took over and uh, I passed right out. Yeah, I mean, that's not totally uncommon when you experience that level of adrenaline that quickly on one setting and suddenly there's a bed in front of you. <laughs> Happens. I I wanted to thank you for last night. You don't need to, but... But I will. You were uh, level-headed and effective. You're good at what you do, Dr. McCarthy. I respect that. Thank you. I appreciate that. What will you what will you you two do now that uh as this, this is behind us? I mean go home. Wait for the next call, next folder, next mission. What about you, Sarah? Sarah, like, puts up her one of her fingers, takes her coffee, chugs chugs like a big swallow, and then go home, most likely, meet up with friends, try to not think about what happened here, and also figure out what the fuck to do with the video I have. Oh shit, that's right. What are you going to do with that? I have honestly no idea. Have you watched it since? Nope. I don't think anyone should watch it. Yeah, I mean, you and um, Gus go batch it, so I don't think watching it is probably the smartest idea. Speaking of Gus, uh, Sarah, I brought it up to Joe earlier, and I kind of give her like a knowing glance uh, and then turn back to Sarah. Uh, From a from a purely professional standpoint uh, I've observed some behavior that I think after last night is only going to be exacerbated and I just, I I don't want to discredit any of his abilities on the field but he is in a very fragile state and it seems like the missions that we've been on have been taking their toll on him incrementally, but 
he, in my opinion, is a bit of a liability. I would just like you to watch out for him. And if you notice anything, keep your keep your wits about you. One of Sarah's eyebrows go up, and she kind of looks at Joe, and then looks back at Emily. I'm keeping an eye on everyone, just to ensure everyone's safety. Because that's my job here. As you should. And I, I, I am telling you this because I respect your ability to be observant and to, for lack of a better term, to protect all of us. You are uh, clearly the more capable uh, combatant here uh, out of all of us. Can I do a human check? Sure. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to DM, would I be able to do like a persuade roll to do like? Yes. Okay. Because Sarah's bullshit meter is like tinging, and I'm just like, okay, let's see, let's do this. I failed hard. So yeah, go ahead and roll persuade, Emily. Do I even need to with that? Yep. Because remember, it's opposed. <laughs> yep. This is so goddamn ridiculous. This is a farce. <laughs> so uh, Sarah rolled a fifty-eight on her human roll, and Emily rolled a nineteen on her persuade roll. So yeah, you're you're buying what she's selling, Sarah. Okay. So Sarah's just going to be like, okay. I mean, I'm keeping an eye on everyone, nonetheless. Good. I trust that you'll. Do the right thing. Should any uh, any further issues arise? I mean, what issues are you foreseeing, Dr. Mraz? Well, currently, uh, and I had told Joe about this before, he has this insane notion that I've been uh, invading his space, breaking into his hotel rooms, and I think it's it's all based in some some strange either it's paranoia or a threat to his own masculinity uh, I'm not entirely sure but that coupled with his reaction to what happened last night uh, he he's walking a very thin line and I imagine that we're all going to be a team uh, for as long as they give, continue to give us these missions. And if we are going to be a team, a unit, we need to, we need to trust, uh, trust in one another. And right now, his trust is lacking. His trust in you, maybe. I mean, okay. His Dr. trust Ryan. and his judgment are now both in jeopardy. I've, I've seen enough of incidents uh, dealing with post-traumatic stress, uh, things of that nature. And he is, he will be putting on quite a strong facade, but he is not well. And I can only hope that he will go back and return home to whatever backwater area he lives in and uh, seek the help that he so rightly needs. Uh, but for now, uh, again, I, I do believe that in my professional opinion and i emphasize professional because this is not a personal opinion i have no personal uh, affinity or dislike of him whatsoever he is a liability i mean okay whatever i just give her a bit of that like not quite a wink but just like a you know you know what i'm talking about kind of like head, head tilt um sarah is you see her being very straight face blank 
I take another sip of my coffee? And I look back at Joe. We've all had a rough couple of days. I think some R and R will do us all good. Indeed, I think I, I I agree with you. I think we'll, I think some time off will do us all some good. I'd like to know what the hell that thing does, though. But that's probably just going down a deeper rabbit hole. You should delete the footage. Maybe send a copy to the agency. Someone's gonna watch it. I'll I'll decide sooner or later. I don't want to keep that on my phone. It's probably for the best that that you don't. Uh, did did either of you ever find out what the agency did with that obelisk that we found back in Chicago? Nope. Nope. Do you trust that the agencies knows what they're doing with these kind of artifacts, this kind of evidence? The agency is the agency, and I don't trust it as far as I can throw it, and considering I can't even touch it. Perhaps then it is wiser to not show them. We'll have to debrief on what we saw anyways. We can debrief without without the video. Just let me worry about that. Very well. I trust your judgment. And we'll say at this point that uh, Gus and Victor return from their coffee run. You see Sarah and Emily and Joe around the table just uh, looks to be in deep conversation. Um, he's going to walk up and give Sarah uh, and Joe a big warm smile and kind of tip his hat and just go, morning. You all right? Morning. Uh, that's a complicated question after last night, don't you think? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I'm shook, but, you know, what you going to do, I guess. Hello, everybody. Hello, Victor. Hey, Victor. Okay. Um, breakfast? Uh, alright, I guess. That is a relatable feeling. <laughs> Are we going to do... The source of it's gone. But... We don't know who she, quote-unquote, was. We still have to figure out what to do with the laptop. Yes, can I take a look at the laptop? Uh, maybe there's something I can do. I mean, go ahead. Um, maybe I better go to my room. If you'd like. I mean, you can take t- you take your time on this, I think. Now that um the spider's gone, no one else is going to be selling now. For now. For now. Yeah. It seemed like he was the only source, though, because he's the one who directly got it, buying it from the descendants of the people he killed. Well, the agency's directive was to confirm whether or not Reverb was a liability on the streets, and I think after last night, we have our answer. That it is not safe for general use, right? Very much no. Is it too soon? Mm, no. Definitely not. I appreciate your gallows humor, Joe. <laughs> Do what I can. Hey, uh, Sarah, have you have you uh, passed along the video yet? Has anybody talked uh, to the handler? No. I still have it, but no. Okay, well maybe we should arrange that for as soon as possible. What do you think we should do with the video, Augustus? Uh, turn it into our handler. Why is that? Because that's our job. What if he watches it? 
you know that he's more experienced in this stuff than we are, right? More experienced than in what? In what we saw last night? I don't know, in the unusual or the unnatural. I'm assuming he wouldn't be running this or running us as a team if he didn't know what he was doing. No, better than us, anyways. Do you guys not think we should turn it in? You know that's against the law, right? I take a sip of my coffee. I just don't think that anyone should watch it, given the nature of what it is and how we don't know how exactly that thing works. Hmm. It's dangerous. And the problem is, both you and Dr. Mraz here went kind of batch it when you saw the thing. And I don't know if the video could also trigger that sort of effect. That is an exceedingly good point. Hmm. I'm willing to pass it along. I just think we should put, like, every single goddamn warning on this. And also talk about what happened in the room. Okay. That seems like a fair compromise. I just... I Either that or, or destroy it. I just don't think it should sit on your phone, you know? Agreed. No. Agreed. It shouldn't, I don't want it to stay on my phone. Okay. Whew. Well... You want me to transmit this? Transmit what? It's a video. Oh. No, 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 no. No, to, to handler, to Krantz, uh, our handler. Yeah, no. If anything, we just take the hard copy of the phone. <gasps> well, damn. Okay, no, give me a second. Let me just delete everything. Yeah, your, yeah, your internet search history, you dirty <laughs> doll. <laughs> My photos. Oh, I see. All right. <laughs> don't make me go not make me come over there and kick your ass I will I know I can easily remove from phone and, and wipe free, phone free and that way you do not, do not have to lose your phone yeah I don't think we should transfer the file anywhere though like I don't know if that's a good idea I don't actually know if that's a bad idea either though the file is, is video I can put it on some drive it's not, not a problem I think we should destroy it. However we end up doing that, I think we just need to destroy it. I'm with Joe. I I think we should uh, hand it off to uh, to our handler. He's, uh, it's his decision. I'm honestly like, I trust you guys, and I, I, I'll kind of go along with what it is that you think is right, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Victor on this one. Any information can be useful information if the right people use it. See, <sighs> you're presuming that the agency is the right people. Dr. Morales, if you don't think that, then maybe you shouldn't be working for him. All I'm saying is that you're putting your faith into uh, a group of strangers who so far haven't been terribly communicative. Unless, do you know what happened with the obelisk back in Chicago? I have no idea. It's not my job to know that. It's my job to do what they tell me to do. Uh, yes. And I have faith it's a good in that. That's drum. why I, it's unnecessarily rude. Perhaps you should get more sleep. Dr. Mraz, I was uncalled for. I just take a sip of my coffee. I, it's on my phone. 
I'm going to give the phone to the handler because I think having the proof there and maybe if they can somehow make it so they can take get picture of his, pictures of it without someone watching the video itself because if we don't know what it is we're looking at if something like this happens again the people who are going to be on the ground at that time are going to be fucked all right but if someone watches it and has a fucking breakdown that's on us whatever happens because of that is on us it's not on us it is on us because we're choosing to not destroy it and we're choosing to pass it on it's on augustus victor and sarah no it's on us as a team no i'm not taking that responsibility yeah of course not um and joe i do sympathize with your uh your way of viewing it but thinking about things in that regard is never going to get you anywhere if somebody gets injured because the information that the video provides was not provided to the right people uh that would be on us if we deleted the video walking down that road is endless fruitless i would agree with you but this is a pretty fucking different road than what we usually handle yeah Krantz is big boy. Let him make decision. Don't, uh... I would not presume to make decision for him. Krantz isn't on the field. We are. I fail to see your point. But the thing is, Dr. Mraz, you don't get higher in the agency without seeing more shit. And we've barely scratched the surface as it is. We keep seeing shit, but we don't know what's causing it. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't know what any of the what the hell any of it is so they might have more resources they might have more fail safes than we do because right now we are working blind fingers crossed joel let me tell you something i am i have been through things i have uh, people around me have gotten hurt in the past the way i deal with it is I don't take responsibility for other people's decisions. I take responsibility for my own. If Krantz wants to see video, that is his decision, not mine. You're welcome to live your life that way. You cannot take responsibility for everybody else. You go crazy. Someone a gun. What? Use it. It's pretty much what we're doing. We don't know how to use this. We don't know how it works. We don't know. What <laughs> you don't give somebody gun. This whole country is based on giving people guns. All right. All right. Bad metaphor. You get what I'm okay. saying. Mr. Make America Great Again. <laughs> you cannot take guns away from people. They want them. You can only try, but you will fail. All right. We're not getting into that discussion. <laughs> yeah, that is a long talk. Yep, that's a long talk. That's not fruitful. Anyways. Why don't we do our best to make sure he knows as much as we know? Yeah, which... Are we investigating this further? Not our job, too. If we're just here to do our job, then apparently not. Would you like to, Joe? I want to know what the fuck we're dealing with. Victor? I, I do want to know what the fuck we're doing with. I just don't know if it's still in Los Angeles. I, th I think we have to go wider. I think we have to be patient. 
Sarah? This this all came from his work at um where he stationed was it where was it again? Afghanistan. And that's where he got the Lao. Yes. This all stemmed from Afghanistan, from where he was stationed where he got this stuff. Um You all heard him say it was sacred. The locals used it. I think trying to figure out why uh, why a Vietnamese uh, ingredient ended up, not only ended up in Afghanistan, but how it became so revered in Afghanistan. That's the thing to think about. And Right, we also need to look at that laptop and get information out of it, because the recordings might be on there if they haven't been deleted. Okay, so I have a... Um... I have a, a proposal for everybody. Uh, why don't we all go home for now? Uh, Victor can take the laptop with him. Uh, search for it for any useful information. If it finds any fruitful leads, uh, something that we feel like we need as a group to come back to Los Angeles for, uh, then I will do my best to, to get us reassigned here so we can follow it to the end. In the meantime, Dr. McCarthy... Perhaps you could do some research, see if there's uh, any way to like cross-reference uh, Lao's presence in in, uh, in Vietnam. The jump from Vietnam to Afghanistan to here. We know how it got okay. here, but we don't know how it got to Afghanistan. That's okay. that'd be a hard trail to follow. I mean, it's it is uh, the Chocho people. They they bring it with them. We learned a little bit about Chocho. They. They are people who are outsiders wherever they go. Well, then perhaps try and figure out uh, the Chocho imprint on the Afghani, uh, the Afghani people. Seeing what kind of uh, what kind of footprint they left on that culture before they got here. Duh, that sounds like a good idea. Okay, so we have our heading. All right. So uh, with that, is everyone heading home? Yeah. Is there any way to get contact with the agency? Yeah, you have a contact number for Krantz. Um. Yeah, uh, I I've already contacted him using that number, so it works, right? Yeah. Sarah, do you want me to to stay here with you until you pass the phone along? Uh, backup doesn't hurt, sure. Okay. So we got uh, Gus and Sarah sticking around to do the handoff to Krantz. Uh, Dr. Mraz, what's your plan? I'll go last. Okay. Uh, Joe, what is your plan? Um, yeah, she's probably just going to head home. Okay. Uh, what about, and Victor, are you heading home right away? Yes, I drive my rental car back to uh, San Diego. Uh, terminal air, uh, airport terminal and uh, I uh, drop it off and I pick up my uh, regular car and uh, drive back back to apartment if anyone asks I'm going to the airport but I am going to stick around in LA um, and before Joe like actually leaves uh, Gus is going to try and catch her by herself and like the lobby on her way out or something like that he might even like knock on her door uh, to her room or whatever when she's packing. 
So what do you do first? Do you um, do you try to get with uh, uh, Joe first, or do you contact I would probably Krantz call Krantz and then just go up to Joe's room and knock on her door. It's just going to be a short exchange. It, it won't last. It's like 30 seconds or something. Got it. Okay. Um, so Krantz, say, uh, you, you do get a hold of Krantz. Um, and uh, what exactly I, do I you I probably gave him? Sarah my phone with the, the number on it so that she could use it to call him. Um, Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. So, um, okay. We'll get with, we'll take care of you and Joe first and we'll go back to Sarah. Uh, so you knock on Joe's door. Yeah. I open it. Hey, um, I, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, thank you. For, First sticking around with me uh, last night. That was a that was a rough one. I really appreciated it. Yeah. No. Of course. In time. He like awkwardly kind of moves forward to try and give you a hug, but then realizes he's not sure if it's like if you guys are that close yet. So he just stops awkwardly. How about a high five? <laughs> I totally caught that. If I'm being honest with you, I'd love a hook. All right, fine. I hug him. He gives you a very, like a very tight hug. <laughs> uh, and whispers thank you again in your ear. Listen, Gus, I know we're not really agreeing on what's happening right now. I just, I don't want to go home and read on the news that something happened because once again we handed something over to the agency without fully understanding what it was i don't want that either that is the opposite of what i want i never want anyone to ever get hurt by this shit never again but we don't know what we're doing exactly we don't know what we're doing and if they know they're not telling us i'm getting a little sick of that yeah me too I'm hoping that we're not always just going to be fumbling around in the dark, but I don't know, Joe. They threatened me, you know. Who threatened you? The agency. When? I was digging. I was looking up more shit on what happened to the Bernie's family, and I called in a couple resources I have, and they told me to stop talking about it. Mm. They don't want us to know, is the feeling I got from it. Maybe I'm reading into it too much. Maybe combine that with the very stressful evening we had last night, and I just need to go home, have a glass of wine, kiss my wife, and everything will be fine. But right now, it just feels like they don't want us to know. Everything about the wife and the wine and the kissing, girl, I feel that so much <laughs> <laughs> and I do um, yeah I I agree with you I, I feel like that that's probably true the way you feel about the agency wanted to keep us in the dark I uh, I'm hoping that they're better equipped than us but I don't know I guess time will tell listen if this one goes bad and I don't want it to but if it goes bad, 
just know that I do learn from my mistakes and I I, I won't repeat them alright that's all I can ask and hey if uh, I, I know you're an adult and you're quite obviously capable of taking care of yourself but if anybody threatens you again you got my number Yes, I do. I appreciate that. Use it. I will. Okay. Now go on and kiss your wife. Get out of here. <laughs> will do. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Um, what do you do? Uh, the phone's there. Shit. Okay, calling. The uh, phone rings twice, and you hear Krantz's voice say, "Go." It's Sarah, we have information and we need a handoff. Alright, what do you got? A video of whatever it was that was related to the Lao or the reverb. Lao was an ingredient and its source is neutralized. And uh, yeah, handing off the video to you with some warnings attached. The two of our, uh, actually this is better spoken in person, are you able to get here? Yeah, I'm so local. Uh, give me a sec. Griffith Observatory, noon. Time is it? Uh, ten. Done. And he hangs up. Same. Where the fuck is Gus? Alright. So, uh, we'll fast forward. Gus, are you, do you plan on accompanying her? Oh yeah, totally. He's just gonna walk straight back down from uh, his talk with Joe uh, and meet up with her, and then, yeah. Okay. You know I hate talking on the phone. God damn it! I know. I know. I just had a, I had a thing I had to do. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I won't let it happen again. I remember you drive. I do the phone calls. You do the ass woman. Remember that. Remember, we to the Griffins. Griffiths. Griffins. Griffith. Griffith Observatory by noon. It's about 10, 15. Yep. Sure. Knowing LA traffic, we might as well just kind of head out there now. Just. Yeah. All right, let's go. It does take you a bit to get there. Um, you all do, uh, you do pull up, and uh, even though it's like 10 till, it's uh, you see Krantz uh, sitting on a bench not far from the observatory. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I walk over. Yep. Gus, Sarah. Fearless leader. Krantz, uh, here. And I give him the phone. This has the only copy of the, um, video with what the hell it was we saw taking away the spider. Also, it's my personal phone, so I expect to be reimbursed. Wait. You're gonna have to start at the beginning. Uh, spider. What? What so, did you find? Wait, before Sarah, I know you're gonna get into the story. Before you get in, uh, we get into anything else. I just want you to not watch that video, and don't let other people watch it, and and definitely not until at least we're finished the story, and then you kind of decide for yourself. But I would advise against it, no matter what. All right. Go ahead. Okay, so we 
came in looking for reverb, looking for the sources. Uh, we found that um, it was basically dealt by three dealers, all three of which had disappeared over time. First, it was Evan Wang. Yeah. Evan Wang. Then it was, um, I don't even know his name, but he... For the purposes of brevity, we'll say you just you run through the whole the whole debrief, and Gus, I'm sure you chime in details um, and any gaps that Sarah may you know have in her retelling or recounting of of, of the investigation. Um, so eventually, Kranz just kind of looks down at the phone and, and says, uh, "Never take video, never take photos." Well, there wasn't in the handbook before. There is no handbook, but. We learn by doing. This uh, shit like this is cancer. If cancer was as contagious as the common fucking cold, we have to contain the spread. Does that make sense? Crystal? Yeah. Yeah, I think that it does, unfortunately. This is uh, this is not a job with handbooks or training courses or fucking introductory briefings. This is uh, we fly by the seat of our pants ninety nine point nine percent of the time, and a lot of the times we just trust you to do your job on the ground. Okay. Well, then can I have my phone back to delete that? No, this is now property of the program. Well, then I'd expect a reimbursement. You'll get it. All right. Anything else? No, I don't think so. That's it. Uh, I have one more thing. Sarah, it's a bit of a personal issue. Uh, would you mind excusing, excusing me for just one moment? Uh... Sure, I'll be in the car. Great, I- I'll be right there, I promise. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Agent Colwell? I just wanted to, one, reiterate my warning about that video. Uh, seeing what I saw there shook me pretty hard. Uh, and two, maybe uh, reinforce my previous warning about Dr. Mraz. Uh, I'm not sure if the video caught it or not. We didn't think it wise to watch it, but she was... Her reaction to the beast was... I don't know. Wrong. Worshipful. We'll get some guys on her. Keep an eye on things. Okay. I didn't handle it well myself. Uh... Nobody does. Freaked out a little bit, I'll admit that, but I don't know. It was just unsettling. Nothing about what we do makes sense, Gus. And it won't. I just hope we're doing something. You know? You're here. You're still doing it. It's better than doing nothing. Amen to that. All right. I'll see you soon, Cranes. Yeah, you too. You go home. Get some rest. Yeah, you too. 
And Gus claps him on the shoulder a little bit and then just walks off to be with Sarah. All right. Dr. Moraz, you uh, wanted to go last. What are you up to? With everyone else kind of going on their separate ways, I mean, I, I'm not really... I guess I'll just kind of make an Irish exit, uh, unless anyone wants to, like, say goodbye, but uh, presumably not, because we're not terribly close. Um, but I will uh, take uh, take the car and head up to... Um, the tea house. Okay. Yeah, uh, you go to the Yangon Tea House, and it's a little probably early afternoon, and it is open. And uh, Tran Van Gap is uh, behind the counter. He smiles as you walk in. I mean, do you walk in right away? Yes. Yeah, Tran looks up and says, Oh, from, uh, from, from the other night, you're back. Hi, Tran, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. I, I didn't catch your name. Uh, my name is Angelina. Hey, Angelina, well, it's good to see you again. Come in. Thank you. Uh, you know that that soup, that uh, the vegetarian soup with the uh, uh, with the spice, oh, that was fantastic. Uh, could you uh, do you have uh, any of that uh, on the menu today? Of course. Would you like some tea with that? I fant- yes, please. Uh, figured I'd have a meal before I head back out of town. Ah, of course, yeah. Let me uh, let me get that going for you. No, head to the back. It'll probably like five, eight minutes, and brings it back out to you. And here you go. Thank you. Uh, is there anyone else in the the tea shop with us? Uh no. Uh, there were there was a uh, uh, another uh, Asian couple enjoying a, a cup of tea, uh, but they've since left. As soon as they leave, uh, I ask them, please have a seat. All right, yeah. I'll sit down. I had some questions for you. Oh, what kind of questions? Uh, I was... You had brought up the Chocho people. I was, I was just uh, really fascinated by that. Uh, uh, I'm a bit of an anthropologist myself, and uh, uh, I was hoping that you, you might have some more information about their presence here in, uh, in Los Angeles. Well, we're uh, kind of all over. Um... And one thing about the Chocho is we've made our home wherever we can, uh, among the Vietnamese, among the Koreans, among the Thai, among the Chinese. And we tend to settle in those communities. I, I do have to ask, what, what is your interest in the, in the Chocho? Is it for a study? Is it for... Yes, a study. All right. I'm, an, I'm a bit of an academic myself. Oh, you with UCLA or... Uh, no, I'm actually visiting uh, uh, Boston, actually. Ah, oh, a long way from home. Yes, yes. Uh, what about Afghanistan? There's some. Uh, pockets, like anywhere else. I take a bit of a sip of my tea. It's excellent tea. Uh, some of the best I've had. I, I, you can't believe how difficult it is to find really good coffee and tea in, in Los Angeles. I, I was really expecting more, but uh, um, thank you for being a haven uh, for me personally. Uh, what do you know about Black Lotus? Where did you hear about that? It's, it's impolite to ask a question with a question. Try it. Roll, roll human. 
uh, yeah. success. 67. 67 out of 73. Yeah, he uh, definitely does not want to talk about it. Anything you have to say is safe between just you and I. I can assure you. Well, Black Lotus is rare, but it's sacred to us. It's, uh, it's from the Himalayas. It's, uh, legend says it's named after the Chinese alchemist who found it. Was the alchemist named Lao? That's what the legend says, yeah. Hmm. It's been holy to us since we were people. I mean, we've used it in ceremonies to contact gods and see the past and see the future and where did you hear this? Where did you hear the term Black Lotus? Again, I'm an academic. I do research. Well, it's, it can be dangerous. It's if consumed in the wrong amounts. It uh, can strain the mind. Do you know anyone who consumes it recreationally? It's sacrilege. It was sacrilege 20 years ago, it's sacrilege today. And yet there are those who do. And they're anathema to the community. I'm going to be very blunt with you, Tran. I... I would like to find out more about Lao and its use on the streets. I understand and respect uh, its cultural significance to you and your people. And I also suspect that you know uh, people in your community have been using it recreationally. What I wonder is, do you know anyone personally? This conversation is over. Can I persuade? You can try. 57. And as as he starts to step away, uh, I just pull out a Louis Vuitton wallet and put it on the... uh, the table and just like putting my hand over it just kind of gently patting the leather surface of it oh your money's no good here you can leave when you're done with a 57 he's not talking about it oh okay uh i leave him like a 30 percent tip okay and uh finish off the tea i do hope that you uh, weren't offended by my inquiries and that uh, next time I'm in Los Angeles that I'll be welcome here again. Of course. Anytime. And he's definitely colder. Um, that that kind of facade of the the kindly tea shop owner has dropped a bit. Um, and you definitely see the wary, untrusting, maybe dangerous you know, uh, persona beneath. Just give him a smile, a very cordial smile, and I leave out. All right. Uh, so do you head, I'm guessing you head home after that? No. no. Okay. But I'll let, I'll let you guys do some other stuff, so I'm not hawking up all the time. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll go ahead and do the, uh, start rolling through some of the home uh, vignettes for everyone. So, Gus, uh, we'll start with you. Um, what would you like to do during during your downtime? Which And for your guys' edification, your downtime will be from the months of June to September of 2016. Yeah, I think he's going to... Um, I think what's going to happen is that he's going to get home. He's going to talk to his wife. He's not actually going to divulge as much information as he normally would. I think that... Um, 
conversation that he had with Kranz about it being like a, a cancer that um, that kind of spreads the more that people see it and the conversation that they had about uh, how just like looking at it or knowing about it can can kind of cause harm has has like shook him a little bit um, so he has the conversation that he normally has with his wife which is like uh, as honest as it can be like he was in a little bit of danger he kind of pulled it through uh, he had like a bad experience that almost broke him but when she presses him for further details uh, this time out of uh, for the for, for probably the first time he tells her that um, he's kind of afraid of of revealing everything to her I'm not really sure what it would do yeah absolutely um you know she'll she'll look at, uh, at Gus and uh, I don't like seeing you like this I mean you've always been this has always been something we could talk about I mean this must have really this must have been bad it was uh yeah, it wasn't good. Um, I wasn't. It was fucking awful. It was the worst. It was some wild ass shit. And I'm just starting to think that maybe even knowing about it might be dangerous. That's all. I just don't. I don't know. You know, I don't like keeping things from you. No, I I know, and I don't. I don't hold it against you. I I just. I just want you to take care of yourself. I want you to be safe, and I want you to be healthy I mean, whatever it is you've got to do gus i mean if you can't talk to me talk to someone yeah yeah okay you know i don't like shrinks they're creepy yeah they can, they can be but uh i mean what's the alternative you just bottle this stuff up until you snap I could just find some criminals and punch them a bunch. You know how that always makes me feel better. Yeah, until it doesn't anymore. Then you go to jail. Yeah, I never really did. Okay, as always, you are the smart one and the pretty one. Also the fit one, too. Do you ever have time to do anything? Do you sleep? Not really, no. Not when, not when you're gone. You know that. He gets kind of like abashed looking, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think I'll probably be home for a bit this time. Let's hope so. We got some catching up to do. Yes. Let's go to a beach. Let's drink some beer. All right. Sounds like a date. That it does. All right. So you do want to try therapy? Yeah, I think I'm going to do that, yeah. All right. So with going to therapy, um, you've got to decide if you're, I mean, so it's easy to find a therapist. Um, you know, your insurance will cover it through through the bureau. Um, I mean, there there is no way they are going to deny mental health coverage to their agents. So um, no issues finding a, a therapist that takes your insurance. Uh, but the main thing you're going to have to decide is whether or not you tell them the truth. I think he's going to tell them as much of the truth as he can, but he's not going to reveal any of the supernatural elements. So he's probably going to be like, I was investigating a drug for the government um, to see whether or not it was going to be like a, to see whether or not it was a, a threat to the public because it hadn't been made illegal yet. Uh, my job was to 
uh, figure out the damage that it could do, and while doing that, I came across some really horrific, uh, horrific stuff. Say to say, I got mixed up with um, with some gangs and stuff, and ended up just seeing some some really horrendous stuff. In this case, uh, you know, you meet with your therapist. We're going to roll psychotherapy for them, see what happens. Uh, and uh, I will roll a one d four for you since it is successful. Um, they are able to get to get through to you, um, at least a little bit, help you kind of take the edge off of what you've seen and help you maybe process a little bit better than you otherwise normally would have been able to. All right, you gain two sanity back. She will prescribe you something, like she has diagnosed you with um, difficulty sleeping. So um, with, with in, essentially with insomnia, with a sleep disorder. So she will prescribe you something to uh, assist with uh, getting to sleep and staying asleep. Hmm, I wonder if he takes it. I don't know. Let me think about it. Okay. Yeah, he's a good. He's he listens to what people tell him to do. He's he's just gonna take it. All right. Sarah, what are you up to? Hmm. What am I up to? Honestly, um, she's going to work on catching up again with her teammates, her SOG's teammates. Okay. They're, they're, she's not been um, going with them for a while, so we're just like going to hang, do some more like practice and just hang out like friends because it's been a while. She needs to hang out with people she actually likes. Uh, so in this case, yeah. So you are fulfilling your responsibilities to your bond. So uh, just make a sand check. Uh, just roll sanity. That's a ten. That is a great success. Yeah. Um, so in this case, since you succeeded. Uh, go ahead and roll one d six. Two. So you add two to your bond. Ooh, that's more than on a charisma. Is that all right? Nope. So it max out at your charisma. Ah, fudge. But you know, you do you do spend some great quality time with your SOG teammates. Um, you all go out and get drinks. You you hang out. You actually feel somewhat normal again, which is strange. Uh, you know, because it's with what you've been going through, it's been hard reconciling you know your your duties with with the program versus you know your day-to-day life um how can you return to normalcy when you saw what came out of spider in los angeles and consume him and disappear into a corner um but you know again against what you think would would happen you uh you're able to actually you know relax and return to some kind of a normal routine during your downtime and it helps it helps a lot yeah, I like to think that um, after she had to get a new phone, she's like, oh, right, these people that I actually like that I need to catch up with. All right, mass text time. Nice, yeah. Uh, Joe, what would you like to do during your downtime? First thing that she does when she gets home is she flushes the remaining samples of the pills down the toilet that she still has. Because uh, she's had a few of those. <laughs> and she's just going to get rid of them immediately. Um, and then what is the back to nature thing again? Uh, back to nature. So um, you can spend time in seclusion, minimizing stress, distractions, and obligations. It's it's not a vacation like with, with Piper. It's essentially time alone um, or mostly alone. And uh, it's it's about physical activity, but no other real demands on you. It's really just getting out and being one with nature. Um, it will reduce a bond by one, 
uh, but it could restore some sanity for you. Yeah, I think she's going to do that. Um, yeah, she's not doing too hot. <laughs> so uh, she'll probably, I mean, when she gets home, obviously she spends like time with her wife, Piper. Um, but then she's going to frequently come home late from work just to kind of have time after work for just herself to kind of center herself and focus and try to get her head back in the game. Okay. Does she actually go on like a, a camping trip or anything like that? Or No, I would say like maybe she just starts hiking in the evenings. Yeah, lots of national parks in the DC area um, and the Quantico area. So um, yeah, go ahead and roll a sanity uh, test. Hallelujah. Yeah, 18 out of 57. So uh, go ahead and roll uh, 1d4. You. All right, yeah, so you gain that much um, uh, you'll, you gain that much sanity back and you will reduce one bond of your choice by one. Okay. Anything else you wanted to do or address? Uh, no, she's gonna I don't know, that last one shook her quite a bit, so she's just gonna try to keep her head low focus on herself, spend time with her wife, but probably not as much as she should <laughs> and work like back in touch with her. Who did you deduce from your uh, the one from from Piper? From Piper, yeah. So you come home from one of your one of your hikes, and it is it is late. Um, you definitely lost track of time. I mean, by the time you got back to your car, the sun was already down. Um, do you live in Virginia? Like, where do you live at in the in the area around Quantico? Uh, yeah, probably in Virginia. I don't know the area too well, but she probably doesn't live like super far from work. Has a good commute. Yeah, so um, for whatever reason, accident on the interstate, um, there is a bumper to bumper parking lot traffic and you don't get home till after 10. And by the time you walk through the door, Piper, who has been clearly sitting on the couch um, waiting for you, kind of shoots up and says, where, where the hell have you been? Sorry, I'm sorry, Pipes, it was traffic. Right. I you've been coming home later and later, Joe. What's what's going on? Nothing. I just picked up a hobby, hiking. You know, good weather for it, right? Well, yeah, I mean we can do that together, right? I mean, you don't have to be by yourself all the time. Yeah. No, absolutely. We should totally do it together. I just, I don't know. I've just been stressed from work and it's been time for me to decompress. I mean, are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? I'm fine, really. <laughs> and just me. As grim as the morgue can be, you probably don't want to hear it. So I'm all right, I promise. Okay. I mean, I'll be here if you you know that. I love you, and I just I don't like seeing you like this. I know. I love you too, babes. And I'm sorry. We'll go hacking together this weekend. How about that? That's I like that. It sounds like a date. It is a date. It is officially a date. <laughs> Alright. So some degradation. But not nothing, nothing ground, ground uh, earth shattering yet. Yeah. Uh, Victor, Victor Mikhailov. 
what's our favorite Russian doing? Uh, so, uh, actually, um, so maybe we can talk about what you think this should be, because uh, been looking at it. So there. So basically, I want to go home, and first of all, I'm going to go through the hard drive and probably have to spend a long time, you know, uh, decrypting it and uh, you know doing forensic uh, computer science on it to. You know, put together the data that's uh, 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 that's been damaged. Um, but I also uh, want to put this in context, and I think when Victor goes home, uh, one of the things that he has in his apartment is a uh, whiteboard that's hanging on the wall, and it's it just has you know like maybe it has some computer code. Uh, lines of pseudocode written on there from stuff he was working on. Maybe it has, you know, appointment reminders or things like that written on it. Um, but he uh, takes it off of the the hooks and flips it around, and the back of the whiteboard is uh, entirely cork. And on this cork board, you just see all of these, you know, pieces of papers, maps. Uh, photographs, uh, things written down, receipts, um, all sorts of, of things like that. And there are these pushpins in them. And from the pushpins, there are these pieces of colored yarn, many different colors of yarn, each of them color-coded, leading from one particular point on this map to the others, uh, helping to uh, identify the connections between it all. And he's going to work on this board to try and take all of the new things that he's learned on these last couple of, of trips with Delta Green and put them in context of his view of the world and what's really going on. And so thinking about it, and from looking at the book, there's two things this could be. One, it could be stay on the case, uh, which which could be an interesting uh, way way to do it. Uh, but the other thing it could be is is sort of studying the un unnatural because he's really, you know, trying to uh, put trying to to in increase his knowledge of what's going on in in the unnatural world and all these unnatural uh you know theories that he has about how the world works okay so I'll we'll do this I will um so I'll give you two options so you can stay on the case in which case that will allow you time to um uh attempt to repair the computer and view whatever's on there and recover some of that data or uh, study the unnatural, in which, in that case, you would focus solely on what you've learned from the Bernier operation and from the reverberation, or the reverb operation, and um, you wouldn't, you would, you would kind of lose focus on the um, on the computer and focus mainly on kind of those links and that link analysis. Uh, but that would take up most most of your time. So it's up to you. Okay, I think I think probably. Uh, Victor would would stay on the case then, working with the computer. Okay. Uh, so go ahead and roll computer science. I got an 82 out of 80. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, man. Um, 
it is this this laptop is you're you're able to recover some data um but after but after a certain point it's just it's like beating your head against a wall there's just the the data is is um you know the, the hardware is too damaged to, to recover anything else off there and yet yeah, you have reached the limits of your um of your abilities in this case okay all right but um i also uh you know want to uh you know to some extent try to try to put these things into context uh especially i mean one of the things you know the things that are that interest me are are the way that uh the chocho people and the stories that we've heard so far about the chocho cross-reference with a lot of conspiracy theories or or you know theories that uh victor already has maybe one of the things i would do is is go on to a, a website like 8chan and start and uh, and i would go through and do searches to find out everything i could about chocho people but then i would also um start up my own new thread once i have you know a a, a knowledge of, of what's what's already on there and invite other people to share uh, stories, especially paying attention to anyone who uh, claims to have uh, inside knowledge of what happened with the Chocho in Vietnam and especially Cambodia. Okay. In the seventies. Yeah. We'll say since you've got a full three months that that's pretty easy to do, um, go ahead. And uh, so the one thing is you will, uh, one of your bonds will, be reduced by one. So just pick a bond and reduce it by one. Yeah. And I, I think the bond that would be reduced by one is probably mama. And, uh, I think there's a few, uh, reasons behind that. One is once again, I went off on a mission and completely forgot to call her the entire time, which, you know, uh, usually, uh, Victor calls mama every day. And at least for a little while, you know, just to check in and talk to her. And so that's, you know, I, I imagine that that's something that she would be very disappointed in, in him in. Uh, but also, uh, I think that Mama, more than anyone else, is somebody who's seen Victor uh, drop off the deep end. Uh, I mean, this is kind of, uh, he's done this, he, he did this once before, which landed him in, in a a uh, mental health facility uh, for a an enforced stay. Um, and she would be the one who would be most suspicious. I mean, the whole reason why he has that board turned around, one, it's because obviously he's, he's paranoid about what people might see it, but it's especially so that if Mama comes over and sees and, and looks in the, his apartment, she will not see this board as a sign that he's dropping off the deep end once again. And so, yeah, so I think, uh, so when I, do I just reduce the score by score by one or do, cause there's a score and there's a projected. So. Yeah. So just, uh, the score, the overall score by one. Okay. And in this case, during your research, Victor, um, you know, you're able to find out everything you were, you know, you find, multiple sources to back up what you and Joe with your collective knowledge were able to find out before. Um, 
you know, what you, what you do find over these months of research and engaging with the academic and maybe not so academic communities on, on the internet, since you really never know what you're going to get. Um, you do find that French missionaries in Indonesia um, once described the, the Chochos as a withdrawn tribes people who seemed friendly at first, uh, but then showed a propensity for sudden ambush and violence. Um, to the Chinese, they were known as the Yaochi, those with the knife smile is roughly what it translates to. And they were shunned as cannibals by the Chinese. Um, you also find reports that the, um, and this is kind of in line with what you found out earlier, that the, the Chochos were U.S. allies in the Vietnam War, um, kind of reluctantly due to some of the rumors surrounding them. Uh, but they, uh, they had no problems fighting the Vietnamese. And in fact, there were some reports that maybe they cannibalized the Vietnamese. Um, but the, the veracity of those reports is, is, is kind of debatable. Um, but taking even further, um, as you kind of go down this rabbit hole, uh, to the Greeks, the Chochos were known as the Tochoa. And they essentially were a people that swept in and violently ruled much of what is today Afghanistan uh, before they were pushed back to um, you know, the Asian uh, regions of the continent, uh, probably around the third century uh, BCE by the Sassanid Persians. Um, no one really knows where the Chocho people hail from or what the phrase Chocho even means. It seems to have just stuck with them. Um, then, you know, there are other um, sources that come out here and say that the, the Chochos are from Lang, which is a fabled mountain in the depths of China. Um, someone else says that they're from a hidden city called Dona beneath the earth, and they supposedly travel between our world and mystical realms. Uh, but there is no academic information to back that up. It is all from highly debatable sources and most of the time you know other people dogpile on on these few posters saying you are absolutely full of shit if you can't cite a source get out of here um but that's pretty much what you're able to find okay all right um yeah i think that's if is there is, is there a chance there's one more subject that i can can research sure yeah if it's along the same lines yeah uh i know this is a long shot but um Something that Krantz said uh, really made me think uh, when he was talking about his experience with the Chocho. He mentioned that, you know, uh, he had a chance to meet them somewhere and he talked to, about somewhere in the vicinity of Vietnam. So uh, I think at this point, Victor is convinced that uh, Krantz is CIA who operated in Cambodia and he wants to try and confirm that. Okay, um, so what are you looking up? I mean, that's uh, that's a hard thing because I'm sure that his name is Grant. I'm not gonna post pictures of him, but I I think what I would look at is um, records of or, or even rumors of uh, CIA operations in Cambodia during the, Vietnam, the Vietnamese War involving the Cho Cho. Uh, yeah, that's easy to find. Um, there are uh, numerous reports of uh, the CIA um, and, to a certain extent, uh, Military Assistance Command Vietnam Special Operations Group, MAC VSOG, um, operating in, Vietnam, in Cambodia and Laos uh, as part of the Phoenix program. 
So assassinating certain targets, um, civilian or otherwise, and some of these denied regions, collecting intelligence, deep reconnaissance into enemy territory. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of evidence to suggest that um, the CIA and certain elements of the U.S. military were operating in areas where they weren't technically at war. Um, and they did use uh, Chocho Pathfinders to assist um, because a lot of them were also from Cambodia and from Laos, not necessarily just from Vietnam. And so they knew the terrain and they knew the people and were able to assist with um, some of these, these deep reconnaissance direct action kind of missions. All right. And, and looking through grainy black and white photos, is it possible that I come across an image that looks like a younger Krantz? No. So the, the one the one thing about these Cambodian and Laotian missions is that there wasn't a lot of documentary evidence uh, maintained for the for the uh, a variety of reasons, uh, mainly because they weren't supposed to be there. Um, and if, in fact, from what you can see, the U.S. didn't even acknowledge publicly, even though everybody suspect, suspected it, the U.S. didn't even publicly acknowledge they were doing these kinds of things until the 80s or 90s. So, um, yeah, so it's uh, unfortunately no photographs, but definitely enough to kind of pique your curiosity and really reinforce this belief that Krantz was agency, he was in Cambodia, and he was probably uh, taking enemy scalps with the Chocho. And uh, and so I'm I'm basically going to be like like devouring these details, especially things like operation, uh, you know, codes and things like that, uh, as something to you know next time we we talk to him to pay more attention to, and possibly even name drop, see if it comes up. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. So, Dr. Mraz, what are you doing? I will be going home eventually. However, before I leave, uh, I do want to follow up on one last lead. Uh, so, uh, that evening, uh, I would like to scope out the club that we all went to. Okay. Um, uh, let my hair down a little bit, you know, unbutton my shirt a little bit so it's a little bit more revealing, uh, and see if the waitress or any other kind of like drug dealery kind of people are kicking it hanging out and offering but i'm but i'm but i'm going to be focusing mostly on seeing and trying to find if and see if the uh and i'll even ask some of the other like bartenders and see if uh they've seen uh, that waitress who i think she gave us her name or did she just give victor her name uh she just gave victor her name yeah she's there she's working uh, I will approach. Hi, what can I get you? Hi, uh, my name's Justine. Uh, I was, I was uh, a friend of mine actually came in here the other day, and um, yeah, uh, he said that you you knew how to party. Yeah, I mean, depends on what kind of party you're talking about, but um. I'm just trying to feel good, you know? I've heard some really good things about Reverb. Yeah, you know, I... Uh, there was a couple of guys that, that used to come around here pretty regularly. Uh, I haven't seen them in a while, and... Uh, truth be told, I don't know where to get any anymore. Where'd you get yours? This guy named Evan. Evan? Oh. Yeah, a friend of mine told me about Evan, too. He's, he's He hasn't been around, though. All right. I mean, do you know of anybody else where I could go, maybe? 
Evan was kind of my hookup because he was always here and, you know, I could always get with him before I got into work. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've been on the lookout, so if you know anybody, let me know. Hey, I'm looking too, you know. Uh, all right, well, have a good night then. Yeah, you too. Good luck. Can I, can I do a human just to see if she's being honest? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, 83. Yeah, tough to tell with the noise and with the lighting and everything else. But uh, I mean, you get a good—you you get a feeling she's being honest. Okay. <sighs> and there's no one else around that's like either looks like they're they're dealing or maybe even offers me. Yeah, I mean, there's there's folks who are uh, dealing uh, MDMA, you know, Molly, ecstasy, um, you know, typical club drugs, uh, some LSD, uh, but nobody holding reverb. Okay. Uh, then I guess, yeah, if no one else, uh, if none of the other drug dealers, uh, none of them are like, even if I ask them, will be like, oh, I don't have it, but you can go to XYZ. Yeah, so, um, all the people that they, you know, it's kind of like the same story with, with Ella the waitress, you know, they knew a guy who used to hold and used to deal it, but he hasn't shown up in a while and they don't know where he's at. Um, that guy, and the supply seems to have dried up. Okay. All right, then, yeah. Uh, I don't know what else I could do, but... Uh, so then... I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll just head home then. Okay. And uh, how did you want to spend your downtime? She will swallow some pride, and she will go to therapy. But she will... She, she will do it at the... Um, she'll do it back in Chicago. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, same as kind of with uh, with Gus. Uh, roll. Are you going to tell the truth or are you going to lie? Um, I mean, what is the truth? Um, I mean, she's not going to tell him that she's seen that that she's seen an extra dimensional demon pop out of someone's face, and you know, to. But um, she will say that. Um, She's been doing, you know, she's actually just going to lie. She's going to say that she's been doing some research for a book that she's been trying to get published, uh, trying to get uh, off the ground. Um, And a lot of it's been taking its toll on her. Okay. That is a success, actually. So um, good good thing I rolled psychotherapy. So not a huge breakthrough, kind of like with Gus, but um, you do manage to talk some things out. You get a... uh, I I I, I, I imagine that she kind of takes the position that she doesn't really need this but she's doing it to uh because like instinctually she knows she needs this like she would tell one of her patients that she would that, that they would need to get therapy but she's also like kind of uh egotistical uh, in that she's like i don't really need this but okay i'll do this just to um uh, because deep down she kind of knows she does need it absolutely um and so uh, you know she does your therapist uh male or female who would who would who would uh... I think an older woman okay so maybe someone maybe someone from uh maybe like a, a former colleague or something like that or tour maybe that not that not one that she was very close with or had a bond with but maybe someone that she respected in the field okay yeah easy enough um you know because there was there's plenty of people you've had interaction with or come up with in the in the uh community um so she does realize that there's probably some underlying disorder there that's uh, a barrier to um, therapy. 
Uh, so she does prescribe you like a benzodiazepine, like uh, diazepam or um, clonazepam uh, to kind of help mitigate some of your symptoms. Um, but other than that, yeah, you, you re, uh, roll 1d4. Okay. And do I put benzos, where would I put that? Like in my Just in your gear, in your inventory. Okay. Two. Yeah, you regain two sanity. All right. And that, that's to my current or my maximum? To your current. Your maximum is just your how much you could have uh, minus whatever your unnatural score is. So it is um, your current is pretty much where you're at. Okay, gotcha. All right. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'll. Uh, I mean, if you wanted to RP something between the husband and I, or the fiance and I, but. I mean, you do you do spend some time with Anthony, um, and you know he's. He is Anthony, so you could treat him like dog shit as much as he as, as you want, and he keeps coming back. <laughs> so. I would say though, just because my score with him dropped kind of significantly. Yeah, how does your your relationship with Anthony degrade? Um, I think a lot of it will have to do with her disorder, um, and him believing that she's becoming like incredibly distant, as opposed to just sort of. Uh, They've always kind of had like a weird intellectual divide, uh, just because she's, you know, she comes from a very um, affluent and academic background. I mean, he's very like Chicago working class Italian guy, you know. Uh, you know he goes to Sunday dinner with his, his parents and his family and all that kind of shit. So, he, you know, perhaps there's just like even more of that divide and it's kind of becoming even bigger with the time that she kind of takes to go on these missions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he'll say as much. You know, it's like, you know, I don't want to be a pain in the ass, Em, but I mean, where are you? Where have you been? Where are you going? Uh, I'm just, I've told you I've been doing research for, for a book. Well, does it? Do you need to travel this much? Yes, yes, I do, Anthony. The book isn't going to write itself. What's the? You haven't even told me what the book's about. Would you even care? Would you even read it? I wouldn't fucking ask if I didn't. I just gotta start to take a sip of my uh, uh, my wine. I assume we're having wine, or at least I'm having wine at this point. Like, goddamn! Like you just you come home, you give me the cold shoulder, you drink, and it's like even when you're here, I barely see you. At this point, uh, he will notice that I kind of like started to look off and I'm not even like responding to him physically or, or emotionally. Like I'm almost not even blinking. Roll sanity for me. Ooh, just barely a not success. You hear him and you're conscious of him, you know, saying something just yapping yapping endlessly about his feelings and his wants and his desires and how you're falling short of meeting those expectations and it's just despite your 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 ability to like compartmentalize and and keep this shit from getting to you you're just it's it's you're feeling your blood pressure rise your heart beat faster and suddenly you're wet and 
it's pouring and you're outside and it's raining and you're in front of the warehouse and you don't remember how you got there. The warehouse that I touched the obelisk at? No, no, no. The uh, the one... Oh, oh, okay. You're in front of the church. Oh, okay. I just kind of like stare at... Because I, I assume it's like all boarded up or burnt out or it's derelict now at this point, right? Yeah, it's been condemned. It's been fenced off. It's been... Yeah, it is totally con- condemned. Uh, yeah, I just kind of stand uh, in the rain looking up at the windows, some of which are boarded up, some of which have been busted out, given the neighborhood. Um, uh, there's not much grass or, or, or any kind of nature here. It's a lot of empty lots. Um, I will start to approach the front door of it, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, judging by the neighborhood that it's in, you know, the fence has absolutely been cut and repaired and cut and repaired more times than anybody could probably count. Um, and it's easy to find a, a, a patch that's still loose for you to kind of crawl under. Um, and uh, you do approach the uh, the door, and it's the locks have been busted. And at, at some point, somebody just stopped giving a shit and stopped repair, you know, putting a lock back on it, so the door is open. Okay. Yeah, I go in. It's uh, the memories flood back, the smells and the sensations and. There's people living here now, squatters and, and homeless folks who, you know, kind of grunt and, and shout at this interloper who is now kind of shattering their, invading their home for all intents and purposes. But Are any of the old symbols still on the walls or the floors or any of the stains? No, it's uh, it's been either been covered over by um, new graffiti or was previously scrubbed clean presumably by the program I, I just go to one of the uh, areas where there was like a giant symbol a sigil I just kind of put my hand on it which is now just covered in graffiti peeling paint and things like that and I just kind of like caress the surface slowly take my hand away and start to walk out not even acknowledging the, uh, the squatters who are staying in here roll alertness for me you're pretty sure you've seen that Ford Taurus before the one parked just at the corner idling lights off you can't tell because of the tent but you're pretty sure somebody's behind the wheel I start to walk towards it they take off I just kind of stand in the middle of the street like staring them down as they drive off the rain still pouring over me and uh do i have my phone on me or anything like that yeah you do yep okay um and you you have your keys too do i see my car around or yep it's uh actually parked uh kind of in the lot in front of the warehouse okay uh snapping out of everything i uh i rush to get inside kind of slipping back my wet hair and just taking like like practicing some breathing exercises before I start to start the ignition and head back to uh, to my home. All right. And that's it. Cool.
So in, uh, it, it is October, uh, October 2nd, which is a Sunday, 2016. And uh, you all get notification that you have plane tickets booked to Seattle Tacoma uh, Airport in Seattle, Washington. Uh, at this point, I don't even tell uh, Anthony that I'm leaving. Yeah, he's been he's been kind of in and out himself, um, out more often than not. But yeah, um, is there anything you all want to do before you head out? Uh, yeah, Sarah lets um, her sister know she's going to be out of town again on some work business, and also lets um, her SOG squad know. Yeah, in fact, I mean, for all of you who are working for the government, um, this is something that actually came down. Uh, it, it's not as surreptitious as last time. Um, this appears to be official. Uh, your bosses are actually the ones that come to you and, and call you and say, hey, um, you've got a gig. You're being assigned to some task force. Uh, I haven't been read into all the details, but uh, they need you out in Seattle. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's a joint FBI, CDC thing. Um, so whatever you're done, I guess... We'll see you when you get back, but uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I guess we'll find out when you hit the ground. Hmm. Thanks for letting me know. But basically, and then I just like head out with just letting her sister know that works called me over to Seattle for a task force. Gonna be back when I'm gonna be back. We'll keep her sort of updated on my ETA back home. Uh, just a real quick question uh, for everyone else. Um, Emily hasn't, but has the rest of the group been keeping in touch like over the past few months probably a little but i was gonna say gus would probably like intermittently text um everybody except for dr morass probably joe a little bit more than um than uh sarah or victor but yeah keep in touch he's he's chatty he would probably send like just non non-business like chatty text messages sarah wouldn't be the first to reach out yeah, she'll respond. It's just that she's, she, like me, is shitty at keeping in touch with people. <laughs> I think uh, Victor definitely would, uh, you know, write down some details of, uh, base, essentially saying, you know, that he wasn't able to find anything from uh, Spider's computer. Uh, he'd write all that out on a, uh, a spidery uh, message. Uh, on a piece of paper and then take a picture of that and t and text it to everyone. Yeah. And for you, Victor, um, you know, being a contractor, you've gotten orders to, um, you know, assist with a, um, a support contract out in Seattle. Um, Emily, kind of the same thing, you know, you've been hired on an independent contractor basis and, you know, all your expenses will be covered and it's for a government project and, all the various official legalese and government language you need to get away with, um, you know, have a, a plausible cover for going to where you're going. So yeah, the flights are for the second, uh, I'm sorry, for the third, and you will arrive in, uh, in Seattle at probably about eight o'clock in the morning. When you all get to the airport, um, when you all arrive in Seattle, uh, TSA actually pulls you all into a uh, conference room. You all, you all kind of arrive at generally the same time. Um, some probably within an hour or two. Um, but, uh, for the most part, you all end up in the same conference room and, uh, in Seattle, Tacoma. Yeah. I mean, I imagine Victor would probably get there sooner, like before all of us, right? Yeah. Victor's there first. Um, well, I mean, I, 
I would be there first because of flying. Yeah, because you're on the West Coast. Okay, sure. So yeah, so you would get there. It'd be a straight shot for you. Uh, the folks on the East Coast probably get there uh, a little uh, a little later. Uh, but for the most part, you all arrive generally at about eight o'clock. Yeah. So uh, hopefully the TSA get to Victor picks up all of his uh, illicit materials from FedEx. They do. <laughs> they do. Good. All right. Yeah. Victor, Victor's like, ah, you you want to talk? Okay, no problem. I um, where was I going? Nowhere. Nowhere. Um. Yeah. And you're kind of like you know how when you walk out of the airport and you kind of have to pass the TSA checkpoint and then going in the opposite direction to get to the exit. Um, you all are kind of stopped on your on your way out that way and uh, pulled into a conference room uh, in the TSA, the secure portion of the airport. You know, everybody just roll a D100, with the exception of Victor, since we've established Victor gets there first. Okay, so um, so uh, Victor gets there first, followed by Dr. Moraz, followed by Joe, then... Sarah, then Brett, or uh, Gus is last. So, Emily, you uh, you arrive and you're pulled in this conference room and Victor's there waiting. Victor. Dr. Mraz, hello. Uh, are you still wearing a MAGA shirt? Um, no, I uh, gotten a, a new uh, t-shirt. It, it just uh, it just says... So Trump-Pence 2020? Yeah. Or uh, Trump-Pence 2016 or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, in that case, she'll give him a, 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 a just a just the filthiest look up and down, and uh, take a seat across from him. I'm sure you're thrilled. All the polls say that uh, Hillary is going to win in landslide. It is a uh, bitch, but uh, what are you going to, you know? But uh, hey, you know, at least uh, you know we got to learn some things about uh, our future president, huh? Turns out, uh, Russian hackers are good for something, huh? Or just narrow my eyes towards them. Uh, Joe is the next to show up. Joe, you're grabbed and, and kind of TSA agent comes up to you and says, uh, you Dr. McCarthy? Yep, that's me. Oh, follow me if you don't mind. We, some of your friends are waiting for you already. Oh boy. So as as Joe walks into the room, she hears uh, they're explaining to uh, uh, Doctor Mraz at length. So there is um, it is pizza parlor in Washington area, a comet ping pong. I'm telling you, it's big ring. Uh, we know all about it now. Oh God, have you, you? I really suggest you stop spending so much time on Reddit. Reddit, Reddit is for fucking CIA. Dr. McCarthy, how do you do? Glad to see nothing's changed, I guess. Fine, how are you guys? Just uh, wondering what we're all doing up here. It's uh, quite a dismal day out. Inside and out. It is the Pacific Northwest. And when I say uh, inside, I look at Victor. I, don't, I have not seen this much uh, cloudy weather since uh, I was beer. Since you were what? Since I was in Siberia. You call it Siberia. Siberia. Of course. Yes. Dr. McCarthy, have you heard anything about uh, why we're here? Uh, no, nothing other than I'm sure what you guys were told. Nothing. So, the usual. 
communicative as always. Sarah, uh, you're the next to step into the conference room. Well, this isn't awkward. Welcome to the room. Morning, everyone. Good morning, Sarah. Sarah, I'll just take a seat. And Gus. Yeah, he uh, comes in and uh, kind of gives Joe and Sarah and Victor like a warm smile. He's like, hey, Sarah, hey, Joe. Hey, Victor, my, my dude, your tasting shirts is dog shit, brother. You got to find something else to wear. In another month, this will be collector's item. That uh, should be collecting dust in a garbage bin. Good morning, Agent Coldwell. Yeah. So how's everybody's, uh, how's everybody's, I guess, breaks? I don't know if you had vacation or if you were working or whatever, but how's everybody doing? I had an interesting time. Found out many things. Uh, not directly, but I have a few theories about our handler, Trance. And I'll tell them, basically, you know, uh... The, the summary of, of all the stuff about uh, the Chocho in Cambodia and Laos and the involvement of the CIA and that I think that, that Krantz was one of the people working on that. Hmm. Hmm. He had pretty low opinion of the Chocho people. Maybe there is reason. Oh, that is very interesting. Anyway, we see what he has to say. Yes, uh, any any sign of him? Hey, yeah, he actually, uh, it isn't long before he, he steps into the uh, into the conference room with a sheaf of uh, folders under his arm. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. He passes him out, and uh, I'll actually bring up the handout for you guys. All right, here's what we got. A little before 6 a.m. yesterday morning, a newspaper delivery driver found the body of a retired geneticist named Dr. Tibalt Greaves in the driveway of Greaves' home. The driver, a guy named Ernesto Torres, immediately called the locals. About 15 minutes later, a couple unis arrived on scene, detained Torres, and took an initial look at Greaves' body. It looked like he sustained some pretty serious wounds to the mouth, neck, and face, and unfortunately some crows had taken turns pecking at the corpse. The unis, uh, Grant and Daly, entered the home and found the body of Greaves' living girlfriend, Amanda Griffin. The officers reported her mouth was covered in blood, but it had congealed into a blue-black pile, and her skin had a bluish tinge. At about 6.30, the county medical examiner, a guy named Louis Stubbs, and Detective Emily Dunser arrived and started documenting the scene. Sun came up, and over the next eight minutes, everyone watched as Greaves' body dissolved into some kind of blue-black goo. Initial reports indicate it solidified into a hard candy-like consistency and smelled like chlorine and honey. The only thing left of Greaves is his left hand and feet. The police and medical examiner both have time-stamped photos documenting the whole process, and Stubbs bag and tagged the remains. Anyway, Dunser and Evidence Tech continued to sweep the house, and they found uh, small, bloody footprints in the kitchen near Griffin's body. The prints are almost like a toddler's, but uh, deformed, misplaced. They lifted a clear toe mark, so it's safe to say at least one of the tracks is human. Uh, Dunser followed the tracks, found a closet holding the house's furnace. Behind the furnace was a secret door, for lack of a better term, and it opened into a room that had been built into the garage. Stubbs immediately recognized the room was set up like a top-tier biohazard lab, complete with air scrubbers, an air conditioner that maintained negative air pressure, the works. He did the right thing, pulled everyone back, and called in the CDC and FBI. Cops cordoned it off to wait for the feds. 
a CDC team led by a program friendly, Roberta Kane, arrived around 8.40 a.m. from Seattle. They erected a biohazard tent around the house and moved everyone and everything that had been exposed, the first responders, Greaves' body, everything, to the Providence Regional Medical Center in Everett. CDC tested everyone for infectious diseases, and so far everyone's been cleared. While this is going on, Kane collected some samples from Greaves' lab. She found a small silver sample case with biohazard markings and a stamp reading bounce. Inside were 12 vacuum-sealed packages containing a substance she designated Unknown Biological Sample 1. One package was already open from the looks of it. According to Kane, the package contains, and I quote, unidentified cellular material with human characteristics. Uh, I do not know what that means, and I do not know any more than that. Kane alerted the program, and we immediately started scrambling you all out here. Yesterday, at about 8 a.m., the CDC loaded unknown biological sample 1 onto CDC Flight 191, a small fixed-wing craft with a crew of two. Took off for Atlanta, but at roughly 9.46 a.m., the flight went down in Clearwater National Forest, Idaho. Search and rescue crews spotted the smoke and located the wreckage, but so far the CDC hasn't allowed anyone near the site. That means no black box recovery, and that means no, we don't know what happened yet. And that brings us to today. Welcome to Operation Malta. Okay, did they find anything in the lab? Like anything that would point us in a direction? Well, as soon as they found the lab set up like it was, they pulled back. The place has been quarantined ever since. We didn't want to send anyone inside without taking up. At least somebody who wasn't a part of the program. Take a look and see what they were working with. In fact, for the most part, the scene hasn't even really been processed at the Greaves house. Um, as far as anybody is aware, the FBI and the locals are still battling it out over jurisdiction. Uh, that's where you come in. Do we have access to this goo? For and to Griffin's body? Well, so Griffin's body and what's left of Greaves have been uh, taken to the Sonomish County Medical Examiner's Office where they're being maintained until someone steps up and accepts jurisdiction for this. But uh, while the feds and the locals are still battling it out, no one's going to be allowed to see the body. If you can talk to the medical examiner and get your way in, that'd be a good start. Uh, uh, I'd ask uh, if there was any history or record of there having been a child that lived in the house. Not that we could find, no. Greaves and Griffin weren't even married. Do you know if Griffin had any prior children? Uh, children from a prior relationship? Not that we can tell. We've only done very cursory records checks on both of them. Uh, but uh, it seems like a good line of inquiry. Very well. Where should we start? See the crime or should we go straight to the medical medical office? Yeah, I'd like to go to the medical office, take a look at some of their tests that they run. Okay, should we split up or should we just as a group go? Because I think more eyes better on a scene. I think we should go to the scene, then we should go to the medical office. Dr. McCarthy, I can accompany you to the, the medical office if uh, you, Sarah, and perhaps even you, Agent Caldwell, uh, would like to go inspect the scene. I don't think splitting up is the best idea, actually. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to look at the scene at some point as well, too. I guess if we're still waiting on tests to get done at the center, we can go to the scene first. Yes, uh, my reason for going to scene first is simply uh, practical. I can put up cameras the sooner the better in case something happens. Something more, you mean? 
Just something else, yes. Okay. Yeah, why don't we travel in a pack this time? I suppose I was just concerned that if first body degraded so quickly, uh, even though uh, Miss Griffin's uh, body is still stable. We don't have, we, the problem is we don't have a surefire way of getting to the bodies. We can get into, we can definitely get into the, the crime scene. Then we'll go to the crime scene. The crash site, right? Yeah, so so Cran uh, speaks up and says, well, you've got two sites. You've got the crash site in Idaho, and you've got the scene of Greaves and Griffin's murder, death, whatever the hell it is, uh, here in Seattle. Obviously, we go for the closer one. Those are what we can do here. Which are we welcome to here? We'll go to the scene of Grease's body being found, and then we'll go to the medical center here, and then we'll, if we find nothing in either place, we'll head over to Idaho. That sound good to everyone? Let's let's be honest. <laughs> Chances are likely there is something waiting for Idaho. Something, something we do not want to meet. Especially knowing nothing about it. Well, then, that brings up another point, then. If there is something in Idaho, whatever it is has already taken one, potentially two people. Kranz, is the mission to find out what happened or to secure whatever threat might be out there? Both. Here and in Idaho. Emily just kind of looks, like, exasperated at him. Looks back at you. This is a job. I have never burnt down national forests. Should be. Hopefully, it won't come to that. All right. I'll be on comms. Here's my number. He writes it on the back of the flyer over the uh, the briefing he's provided to you all. Um, if you need to get a hold of me, you know how. All right. It's the same story as always, ladies and gentlemen. Identify the threat, contain it. Neutralize it if need be. Secure it if you can. Let's get to it. Okay. Um, so, uh, as we're all heading out, uh, heading out to like our cars to get to the hotel, I assume we're... Are we going straight to the hotel or are we going to like straight to the, the, the lab? We can go to the hotel first. Go to our step away. Um, so as we're filing out, um, I will make sure that I'm the last to leave. But as I'm passing Krantz, I'll put my hand on his shoulder and kind of lean in and whisper in his ear. Next time, try and be a little less obvious. And I do like a little tight squeeze on his shoulder and walk out. All right, that's what we'll uh, call it a session. Thank you for listening to the Black Project Gaming Podcast. This has been Reverberations, written by Shane Ivey, and Visid, written by Dennis Detwiller, both for the Delta Green RPG. Join us again for our next session as our agents begin their investigation into the deaths of Dr. Tibalt Greaves and Amanda Griffin. Till then, I'm Vince, your host and handler, with Brett as FBI Special Agent Gus Coldwell, Cammie as Dr. Josephine McCarthy, Doug as Victor Mikhailov, Jack as Dr. Emily Moraz, and Sonia as Deputy U.S. Marshal Sarah Chakravorty. Thank you and good night.